0: I uh I had I really wanted to do that just because that man, that is so fitting for the passage that we are uh that we are studying on today, the Lord's calling. Make, make, be sure to get that. Be sure to answer. Uh but uh no I it it's just so perfect for what we are what we're talking through today in, in scripture and uh I don't know, I just uh just felt led to do that. So um yeah, good stuff. Uh you know, I, Nathan's talking about 15-year thing. I mean, you know, 15 years, just, it's its nuts. 15 years, is, that's a long, stinking time to do anything. As soon as he said that, Joseph Ziegler's behind me, and he goes, man, you're old. You know, it's like, yep. Um, but, uh, uh, man, i, I got to tell you, the the Lord has been so good to 24. And when I say 24, the people, the, the body of believers, uh, you know, he's been so good to us. Uh, in 15 years, I mean, he has he, he he at times has protected us. He has carried us through hard times. Uh, we have seen unbelievable, amazing things. That that's, I, I just I just tell you, I mean, I, I just in talking with other pastors and even just folks at other churches or whatever, they just they, they, they when they just start asking random questions and I start sharing some of the things that God has done, they're just like, Chris, that's that's amazing. Like, you know, we've we, we have, we've gotten to see things uh, that so many church bodies never get to see as far as like just in how God has moved and taken care of us. And uh, I was even telling some of these stories this week to somebody, just the background of like little things of like some of the fights we've had to fight to, uh, you know, whatever, to get into this building or whatever it was long ago and things. And and, they were, and it, was, it was somebody that I thought would have known, you know, all these things I was telling them. And they were like, oh my gosh, like people just don't even know, you know, how much God has moved in this. And, and, and I say all that to say this, uh, he, he gets all the glory for it. I mean, every, every bit of it. And uh, he, man, he's just been so so amazing and so good. And uh, um, I just want y'all to know that the Lord has been good to us. And uh, uh, I pray that he continues to lead us and, and, and show us uh, what, he, what he's calling us to do. So um, anyway, that's, uh, that's good stuff. Um, so uh, yeah, we've got uh, some awesome stuff happening. Uh, you guys know a lot about that, I'm sure at this point. Uh, I won't I won't rehash all of it, but uh, uh, exciting stuff here coming, especially in about a month and whatnot. Uh, you know, we've got Chris we got we've got the Christmas season. You know, coming. Uh, some of you have already put up your Thanksgiving trees, and. Uh, I went to I went to some house this week and and uh, was like hanging out and the whole place is decked out. I was like, man, you guys already got the Thanksgiving tree up. This is looking good in here, you know. Uh, but uh, no, we've got a, we've got a, a new series that we start next week called Christmas Songs, and uh, I'm sure that you can imagine kind of what that's about. And uh, so for all you Christmas lovers we're just we're going we're going to give it to you with the fire hydrant. So, uh here it comes. I mean, I I I even debated just going ahead and starting it the week before Thanksgiving cuz the rest of you already have anyway. So it's it, I mean, I mean, let's face it, you, you're either in one or one of two boats. I mean, like you're in the like, you know, I can't get enough of it or you're like I'm ready for January 1st. It's, you know, uh which, whichever and uh but uh, uh, you know, pray. Here, here's the thing, even, even, if, uh, even if Christmas music might drive you crazy, uh, man, here's the glorious thing about it is that at the, at the core of it all, the whole world stops and celebrates something, whether they realize what it's about or not, they stop and celebrate the birth of our Savior. And, and I, I mean, if you really think about that, that'll get all over you. I mean that's 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 a pretty amazing thing, you know. Honestly, and so um, man, I'm I'm thankful for that. Looking forward to uh, to that starting next week, and so that's good stuff. Um, We have uh, if you are a covenant member, uh, we have uh, a member meet and eat today after the second service. We're having soups and chili, and we're gonna uh, share. Well, we've already shared with our membership the the new budget for the new year, and uh, you know what all that entails, and you know that comes with a few new things. Uh, and, and whatnot, but it's just pushing forward to the things that we've already been praying and planning and praying, planning, planning and praying for. Uh, and uh, and so we're excited about that. And 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 listen, if if this is your home church and you're not a covenant member, we we would love for you to be a covenant member. We really would. Uh, and and if you don't know what that entails, uh, talk to them out there at the front desk uh, anytime, any Sunday or whatever. And we've got some little classes that you go through. But you know, at a lot of churches, you can just you can join a church like the day. You know, you show up or whatever, and we don't do that. And the reason we don't do that is because we want people to really know what they're joining, who who we are as a church, who we are as a body of believers, some things about what we believe, and part of it too is we want to try to get to know the people that are joining and to know that they know Jesus as their Savior, and so uh, you know we don't want to miss an opportunity for the gospel there, and so. Uh, we, we, we deem that you know really important, and, and it's it's an awesome thing. So, uh, anyway, let's, uh, let's let's jump on in here. If you've got a Bible, go ahead and get it out. Uh, and if you don't have a Bible, our ushers have Bibles by the stacks, you know, and uh, they would love for you to be able to borrow one. Or if you don't own one, you can keep that one and consider it a gift. We would love for you to have that today. Band's doing a little mashup there. It kind of threw me off in the last song. You know, if you notice that or not, you know, doing a little mashup with two songs together. Ben Ben's not here for that today. I don't know where Nathan's at, but uh, Ben Ben loves a good mashup. He'll like, he'll throw. He's uh, he's hiking somewhere. I think he's in the Himalayas or something. I'm not sure where he's at, but Appalachian Trail. No, oh, sorry about that. I had people talking to me about ministry in the hallway, uh, but. Uh, <laughs> actually 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 that's not true that's a lie (laughs) we were out there talking about all the deer you know so (laughs) I'll just be straight up I don't I don't want Mickey back here like that's something on his conscience because I lied and involved him in my lie or something so (laughs) but uh uh, anyway, no, Ben loves a good mashup, man. He used to like, I remember when everybody was like posting the mashups nonstop, he'd be like posting mashups with like ACDC and Dion Warwick or something, you know, it was just like, what? You know? So yeah, but uh, no, uh, good, good, good stuff this morning. I appreciate them. And, 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 and by the way, they, 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 most of, if you're newer to 24, you just don't know, most of the people that lead us in worship have been leading us in worship for almost 15 years. That, I mean, that's amazing. I mean, most of our pastors have been here for almost 15 years. I mean, like, I've worked at a bunch of churches, and, and, and I know a lot of pastors, a lot of churches. I have a lot of pastor friends. I can name very few. I mean, like, maybe, maybe one hand, I don't think it would fill it up, the pastors that I could name to you that have been at a church for 15 years. I mean, and, and that just, I don't say that to like brag. I just say that to say God has done something really special here. And I mean, and, and man, we, we should be thankful and be sure to thank those guys and everything. Uh, oh, Maddie's birthday was this week, so you can wish him happy birthday and bake him a cake or something. So, anyway, um, we appreciate them. So, today, we're going to the book of 1 John. 1 John. And, uh, I had one more off week before we hit Christmas songs, and uh, and then we've got uh, we're planning toward a series for the new year as a study through the Book of Colossians, uh, and so that's that's going to be coming here pretty soon. Uh, but uh, today, I found myself, I find myself thinking about this passage of Scripture a lot. I, I don't I don't know. I don't know why I think about this passage of Scripture so much, but I think about this passage of Scripture a lot. I think part of it is due uh, to years ago I heard uh, one of my one of my favorite speakers, Louis Giglio, uh, I heard him share through this passage of Scripture uh, in, in an, with an illustration that has always stuck with me, and I'll probably talk about that a little bit here in a minute. Um, but this passage, not just for that reason and for what he was talking about, but for many other reasons, and in some of the things we're going to talk about this morning, it just, it just keeps kind of sticking with me. And, and I just I almost kind of like tried to fight off teaching this passage today uh, because I've taught it in the past or you know, and that kind of thing. But I, you know, when, it, when I feel like the Lord's just saying, hey, do this, I'm just going to try to, try to do it. And uh, hopefully we do it some justice today. Um, By the way, somebody told me this week, they said, man, last week was, I heard last week was real heavy. It was, somebody wasn't with And uh, I was like, oh man, I didn't realize it was so heavy. I actually felt terrible last week, just to be honest with you. So if it was heavy, I'm sorry, uh, that wasn't my intent. But, uh, um, you know, sometimes, sometimes God's word is heavy. Sometimes it just like convicts us and just, and that's okay too. And so I'm not apologizing for that. Uh, But um, anyway, uh, the Lord is good and and he's especially good to give us uh, his word. This passage right here uh, comes from uh, the beloved disciple John. Uh, I mean, John had front row with Jesus. When you think about, like, if you're going to pick somebody to talk to you about things that were important to Jesus, the Son of God, our Savior, I mean, John is like at the top of the list of people that I want to tell me what they know about my Savior. And so this passage, like I mean it just it screams things about uh, Jesus and his ministry and the kingdom of God and all of these things just kind of rolled into one and, uh, and, and John being known as the beloved, you know disciple, you know, as he's talking about some of this, I almost kind of because this, this passage is very much based around God's love. Um, and uh, in fact, I named it for the love of God. I don't know if you remember the Matt Foley skits uh, or not. Uh, that would be Chris Farley for those that don't remember the name Matt Foley. Uh, but you know, he'd always say, "For the love of God," you know. And so, you know, but in in this in this passage today, we're we're seeing John talk about God's love in a way that you've probably heard the bits and pieces of. But I don't know when the last time was that you actually like studied through the passage itself to see what it has for us. I mean, it's amazing. This passage is absolutely amazing. And so, uh, I, you know, if if anything, I think we could say that John is like the specialist to be able to give us this passage. The disciple known as the beloved disciple. Okay, and then he's talking about God's love. Okay so so I mean and that was you know that was a nickname he got from Jesus so I mean all of this together I mean this is I, I just it's something it's something I mean and it's incredibly special I mean it's God's word and and I don't know I just I just the Lord is speaking through it and and I don't want us to miss that today Uh first John let's just read this first John chapter 4 and verse 7 And again, you'll recognize many bits and pieces of this passage, but I want us to look at it uh, together as kind of a whole. He says this, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. So John is is giving us something here that you know some very simple statements, some very simple statements, but at their core the enormity of some of these statements, I mean, is just amazing. I mean, you know, let us love one another. Okay, well, yeah, we got that. You know, we 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 know we're called you know to love one another. But but then John John goes into some, he starts reasoning this. You know, so if. if By chance, not that anybody here would struggle with loving anybody else, but if by chance that might be a struggle, John reasons this out for us so that we understand some of what comes behind that. So he says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. Okay? Love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. So he immediately begins to help us to see something that is so important to this text. And that is this: that there is a cause and effect that happens because of God's love in our lives. You know, if if you take the legalist approach and you try to pursue your walk with the Lord, your Christianity, your religion, as some people call it, I don't call it that. Uh, but if if you take the legalist approach of you have to do this, do this, do this, do this, do this. Then you are in a sense trying to earn your salvation. Okay. Now we're not we're not called to earn our salvation because we can't. We can't earn something that is a gift from God that we already do not deserve. And that that's hard. That's hard for us because we're so used to being in a space where, uh, you know, that uh, the things that we have, we've earned them. We've worked hard for them. We little by little we chip away at the at the things that you know, that we're trying to strive to do in life. And the truth is, is that salvation comes by grace alone. And grace is what we don't deserve. We don't deserve it. And so when we read this, it says, let's love one another for love is from God and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. We're seeing a cause and effect here. And it's, and it's this, if we love God and we have his love, we will in turn love others. This is, this is a, I, I see this because this other has happened in your life kind of thing. Whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Has been born of God and knows God. The most important question that you can ever ask in your entire life is this. Do you know God? Do we know the Lord? Do you know the Lord? I mean, that's such a simple question. But the question is not, do you go to church? The question is not, did you grow up in a Christian family? The question is, do you know God? Do you know Him? Do you have a relationship with Him? Have you ever at any point in your life put your trust in Him and believed in Him to be enough for it all? to save you, to to allow you to be in His grace, to receive salvation, to receive forgiveness from sin. Here's the truth. The only part we have to play is that we believe. That we believe. So the question is, do you believe or not? Do you believe? Do you believe in Jesus as the Savior of the world, as the Son of God sent from the Father on our behalf, to take the death that we deserve. It goes on. And in this, it says, anyone, verse 8, who does not love does not know God because God is love. Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. And so John, again, he's, he's, he's making, making some very simple statements but the enormity that comes with them is not so simple. Because the truth is, is that if it is true that we know God, then it completely changes our lives. It completely changes our lives. And 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 for if you are a Christian, if you're a Christian sitting here today, then you then you probably already know this that on a day that you are seeking the Lord, that you're spending time growing and knowing Him more. On those days, those days are completely different than other days of our lives, aren't they? Those days are days where we can see a little more clearly the opportunities that God puts in front of us, you know? And, 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 and that's, so, that's so huge for us. I mean, just, just not because what that is, it's, it's not because of what we've done. It's because of what God is doing in us. You see, we, we want God to move. Like we say, oh, God, I want you to do great things. God, I want you to lead me, I want you to, you know, and, but, but we go about it backwards a lot of times. We're like, okay, God, I need you to do this now, you know, instead of seeking the Lord, spending time with Him, getting to know Him more, which after we do, ends up leaving us actually loving people as Christ has loved us. We have, we have so much more grace for people in our lives on days that we're seeking the Lord, don't we? I mean, just think about that. You know, that's that, that in and of itself is, is such a huge thing. God is love. God is love. That's such a simple statement. But it changes us if we know Him. Verse 9, it goes on. It says, In this, the love of God was made manifest. Let's just call that, let's just say that's being put on display, okay? In this, the love of God was made manifest, was put on display among us. That God sent his only Son into the world so that we might live through him. In this love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us. And sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. So, a couple things in this part here. Um, we, we see this statement that John is making. Again, this is coming from John. God used him to pen this after purposely putting him in Jesus' life as a disciple. Okay? Not just a disciple, but one of the inner three, right? And all of this stuff. And then here's John sharing with us, in this the love of God was made manifest, put on display among us, that God sent His only Son into the world so that we might live through Him. So that we might live through Him. So God wants to put on display in our lives His love. In this, the love of God was put on display among us, that God sent His Son into the world that we might live through Him. John is making the statement that when God the Father sent Jesus, the Son of God, who is Himself also God, when God sent His Son to live for us, that He sent His Son into the world so that his love would be put on display through us and that we might live through him. That we might live through him. You hear how that's phrased? That we might live through Jesus? We don't think about that a lot, do we? We don't think about, we don't think about trying to live through Christ. Here's us most days. And, and, and some days it's like us actually trying to follow the Lord. We may just not realize what we're doing. But we, we approach our relationship with God and we're like, Jesus, I need you, I need you to do you know, a work in me. Instead of saying, Jesus, I want to do a work through you. I want to live through you. That overly used, sometimes misquoted, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, through Christ. This this wording, this understanding, that's from Paul, this wording is something for us to think about. What does it look like for us to live through Jesus so that we might live through him, John says? So that we might live through him. Well, how do we do that? What, What does that look like? Well, he just gave it to us. In this, the love of God was made manifest. It was Put on display among us. When we pursue Jesus and we are living through Him and we are following Him and we are getting to know Him, we won't even realize we're doing it half the time. Like it's it's so it's so seamless in how it happens. It's so seamless in such a special, amazing, holy way that God is working in us and using us while we are pursuing him and it and it becomes it 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 completely trashes that legalism approach of trying to do it backwards of trying to get all the things right suddenly we're following Jesus and we're just the 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 effect of that is our lives are permeating his glory that the love of God is being put on display in us. People will know us by our fruits. Verse 10, In this is love. Not that we have loved God, but that He loved us. In this is love. Not that we have loved God, but He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. In other words, to take, take what we deserve for our sin, to take the sentence on our behalf. He stood in front of the judge. Jesus stood in front of the judge and took our punishment, which was death. Scripture teaches us that sin, sin deserves death. But Jesus took the death that we deserve that we might have life. It's an amazing thing. But if you see this, you see something amazing that happens here. It says, in this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. You see, even even John right here is saying, it's not about how good we can love God. That's not, that's not going to earn us salvation. It's about how He has loved us first. You see, we, we have to, we, this is an important piece of the puzzle for us as believers. We have to understand, we need to understand that it is because God set this in motion first for us, because He loves us, that we too can love Him. goes on in verse 11. It says, Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought to love one another. So John John takes this opportunity after he, like Jesus jukes us like 15 different ways about the way this really works and, and says, look, if he loves us, then we ought to love one another. But John's not trying to guilt us. John's not trying to beat us down. John's trying to help us to see that because God loved us we can love other people. You see that that that's the that's the beauty of what gets you through a holiday like Thanksgiving. You know what I'm talking about? You've got some of those family members that you'll see, right? Some of you do. Some of you love them all. God be with you. That's awesome. You know? That's fantastic. And then some of us have family members that are just a little bit of a struggle, right? Amen, right? Tell the truth now. Come on. And we joke about that, and I know I joke about that. The truth is I love my family. And the truth is that God does put people in our lives that if just living by the world's standards, we wouldn't love them. We'd be like, don't need you over here. Don't need you over here checking you out. You are out of my life. Unfriend, unfollow. right? Here's, here's the beauty of it. Because God loved us first, we have the ability through Christ to love them. No matter, no matter what they say, no matter no matter what they do, that's kind of hard, sometimes, right? Because we we and and sometimes we've been hurt by some of these people. And it's hard. It's hard to love and forgive people that have hurt us. But I'm here to tell you that bitterness is a prison that belongs to hell. And Satan is the one that wants you to live in it. Don't stay there. Let, Let the love of Jesus, let the blood that came from us hanging him on the cross be enough to not only forgive you, but for you to be able to forgive people in your life that have hurt you. That's important for us. We need to move on beyond that. Like, and the reason Satan doesn't want us to is because he knows the hurt that it causes us, he knows what that does to us. I'm not, I'm not listen, I'm not saying that when they hurt you, that they were in the right. I'm not saying that justice shouldn't be served in some way, shape, or form, or something. But you know, here's something I learned a long time ago. I'm not the judge. I'm not the. I'm not even the arresting police officer. You know. I, I take. I take the opinion that you know. There's times in our lives when we just have to go. You know what? I'm gonna let God sort that out. He's a just God. And, and you know we may see them for the rest of our lives. What they seem to be living this amazing life, whatever, and it makes us want to be angry or whatever, which is our own issues, by the way. If you're not seeing that, you know, again, the bitterness, the unforgiveness, all that stuff. Like, don't 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 live there, okay? But for us to see that for what it is, and to be freed from that, and to understand that God will have His way, even even if it's not in this life, He will have His way. And that's all that matters. And, and we should be okay with that. We should be okay with that. We, we don't need to be worried about playing judge and jury and executioner. I'd be scared of some of y'all if y'all were executioners. I'd be scared of some of y'all if y'all were just judges. Verse 12. It says this. It says, No one has ever seen God if we love one another God abides in us and his love is perfected in us man I, I love i love this this might be one of my favorite passages of scripture if i get to have one no one has ever seen god if we love one another god abides in us and his love is perfected in us by this we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us of his spirit. So we have John speaking of the Holy Spirit here. You know, I mean, John was there, right? Like John, John was there. John was there when, when Jesus ascended and he sent the spirit down, when he sent the Holy Spirit to be with us. I mean, that was, that's when the Holy Spirit came. I mean, think about like, all of creation before then, the Holy Spirit wasn't here. And then when Jesus goes back to be with the Father, he says, I'm sending you a helper. I, you know, the Lord is going to be with you, and I'm sending him to you in the form of the Holy Spirit. That's what John is referring to here. But before that, he says, no one has ever seen God. He's talking about God in his full-on glory nobody's ever seeing God in his full glory like it would literally kill us. I mean, you go back to the Old Testament and you see people like Moses that like almost see God, you know. <laughs> like get to like see, you know, the passing by of God but not actually see him and stuff like that. I mean, just amazing mind-blowing stuff that one day we will understand so much more and I can't wait for that. But he says, if we love one another, God abides in us. So there again, here's this Here's this cause and effect, you know, of, you know, and, and, and John is saying it backwards. I want you to understand, he's not saying you should love one another so God will abide in you. He's saying, no, if you're loving one another, it's because God abides in you. He says, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. His love is perfected in us. And we'll, we'll, we'll talk about this perfection thing here in just a minute. And he says, By this we know that we abide in Him and He in us because He has given us His Spirit. By this we know that we abide in Him and He in us because He has given us His Spirit. He's he's making clear that God is doing a work in us. But there's this amazing part, you know, and and this this is part of that message that I was speaking of that I saw Louis speak of years ago. And Louis used these Rubbermaid bins, and I, I've actually recreated that, I think, once here years ago. Um, but he uses these clear bins, and, he, and some of them are bigger than others. And he writes on them, and he writes, you know, me, and he writes God on a couple of them and whatnot. And, and, and he puts, you know, one of the God bins inside of the me bin to help us, like, get a visual for the understanding that God abides in us, right? And then he takes that bin that says me on it and then he sets that bin inside a bigger bin that says God on it. Because look, look at how it reads. God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. By this we know that we abide in him. We abide in him and he in us. So... Not only did Christ send the Holy Spirit to live within us and He abide in us, if we know Him, okay, this goes back to that, another cause and effect, that if we know Him, God lives in us, all right? But then in turn, we are also in Him. So we are like like double covered and, you know... It's like when I get a double dip cone at at Dairy Queen, right? Do you know you can do that? You can get a double dip cone at Dairy Queen. Like it's double the fun. I'm gonna tell y'all something here. (laughs) He is in us, and at the same time, we are in Him. He loves us that much. He loves us that much. How amazing is that? We're going to come back to that. Verse 14. And we have seen and testify that the Father has sent His Son to be the Savior of the world. We've seen and testified that the Father has sent His Son to be the Savior of the world. This is coming from John who knew Jesus, who saw Jesus, who the amazing things that he did, who gives us first-hand account. And this, this is his chance. If he has a chance to go, hey, warning, don't follow this guy. He's actually not what he seems, and that's not what we get. Instead, we get this, and we have seen and testify. John is saying, I testify, we are testifying. We don't know who all we is. Maybe he's speaking of him and the disciples. I don't know. It says, and we have seen and testify that the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. That's a small claim. To be the Savior of the world? And this is a God that he knows? I mean, i got to tell you, there was a Sunday where they did this thing for my, for my parents. I probably shouldn't tell you all this because you'll do it to me. They did this thing for one of their anniversaries at Jolton, and they had a roast for my dad and invited me to come speak at it. Man, never never invite somebody's kid to come to a roast and roast them because I mean you just you know stuff that nobody knows and you are when you're a grown adult you absolutely are not afraid to share it all, and I shared it all. I talked about his holy underwear. I mean just. Every bit of it. Like nothing was off the table. People there, I think, were thinking about leaving the church by the time I got done. I'm not sure. It was rough, you know. And when you really know somebody, you really know them. And we got John here testifying that the Father sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. And that's what we're going to get to spend the next month celebrating. Verse 15, it says, Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him, and here it is again, and he in God. So we, verse 16, have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. So we, John speaking again personally, But it also can come down to us. It says, so we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love. And whoever abides in love abides in God. And God abides in him. You see it again? How many times does John need to say it? Why is he saying it over and over? This is the third time. This is the third time. He could just just haphazardly mention one of them, and he can't mention one without mentioning the other. God abides in us, and we abide in him. I looked up the word abide. Sometimes I just do that with words, even though I know what they mean, just to kind of get a little clarity, even as like to the understanding of the context. and, And This is one of those words like it actually has different meanings, but... I think for the context, the definition that I found uh, looked like this for what John is talking about here for abide is to continue, to remain, to survive, to last, to persist, to stay, and to live on. That's what God is doing in us. And in turn, that's what we are called to do in Him. That we would live in Him. That we would stay in Him. That we would persist in Him. That we would last in Him. That we would survive in Him. That we would remain in Him. And, and here's the truth. We, and we know this, but that's what He does in us. He's remaining in us. He's staying in us. He's continuing in us. He's not giving up on us, even when we're stupid. He's not giving up on us. How crazy is that? I mean, like for you know, most of us, any, anybody that just gives us enough stupid, we're kind of done. And we just keep giving it to Him, and He doesn't care. He just abides. He stays. He cares. He loves Verse 17, by this is love perfected with us, by this is love perfected with us, so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment, because he is so, also are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. There's a, there's a, there's a whole lot of perf- perfect talk going on here, and we've already seen it once before in the passage. But, you know, perfect isn't a word that we just throw around willy-nilly, right? I mean, perfect is a big word for us to throw down. John is using this word, this is a strong word to use, Strong enough that we, I mean, you think about it. Like, what, it, what do we really use the word perfect for most days? Like, what can we name that is perfect? Now, some of you are going to be like, my, my spouse is perfect. You know, I love him. I love her. You know, that's, that's fine. That's good. They're a sinner, and they need Jesus just like you. But they're perfect for you, and we get that, right? We get that. That's great. That's awesome. You know, but the truth is this. is like there's very little that we can point at that's perfect. And John, John, not just anybody, but John, one of our boys who we can <coughs> call in as a specialist for an appraisal on who Jesus is and the work that he's done is saying that the God, and don't, don't think this is all by accident, okay? Look at the whole passage. That the God who no one has ever seen because his glory would absolutely kill them, okay? Okay? But that that God, who's so powerful that His glory would knock you down, that His love has been perfected in us. His love has been perfected in us. His powerful, amazing, life-saving love has been perfected in me and in you. And... and it kind of makes me go, man, I don't know, maybe God got that part wrong. You know? Like, did he, re- did he really know what he was doing? Yes, absolutely he did. He wanted to show that he could do something in us sinners. That would make sense, and in some ways make no sense, to the world in which we live in. That this world might see him because they see We've talked about this before. I don't want to be a dead horse. And it hadn't been that long ago since I talked about it. But our love, our love can be a good thing, right? We, we can love and, you know, that can be a great thing. But God's love, God's love is life-saving. God's love has the ability to do things beyond the borders of anything that we can imagine. And and John is here saying three times, using the word perfect. Perfect. I'm going to go back to verse 12 where it says God abides in us and His love is perfected in us. Okay, And then we'll fast forward to verse 18 where it says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. What we just sang a little while ago. What we just sang a little while ago. Can we put that little bit up on the screen? I know that's probably throwing you way off because we're in the middle of my scripture and stuff, but they... They have skills up there. I've seen them do it before. I will put my trust in you alone, and I will not be shaken. I want to I leave that, okay? Let's leave that on the screen for just a minute. And then I want to read to you just this little thing that I just read to you, but I want, I want you to hear it again. The perfect love casts out fear, okay? So God's love at work in us, which is perfect, casts out fear. Check it out. For fear has to do with punishment, Right? For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. So if we fear in this life, that comes from some fear of being punished, which a lot of times, I'm afraid, comes from false gospels of like people being afraid that if they're not good enough, that God's not going to love them. By the way, He's already loved you as much as He could ever love you. He sent His Son to die for you, okay? He loves you, period. Okay, there's no like, you know, what ifs with God on this, okay? So when we sing, I will put my trust in you alone, and I will not be shaken, we're saying we believe in this. We're saying that we believe in God's perfect love to be enough to do this amazing thing within us. But perfect love casts out fear, for fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been Perfected in love. I want to. We'll keep. Let's keep that up there for just another minute. I'm going to read. I'm going to continue to read this passage, even though you're not going to have it on the screen, but you can hear it or you can look at it in your Bible if you know how to read. Uh, we love because he first loved us. If anyone says, "I love God and hates his brother," he is a liar. And he who does not love his brother, whom he has seen, cannot love God, whom he has not seen. And in verse it says this and this commandment we have from him whoever loves God must also love his brother so God gives us and and let me go back to verse 17 right here is where it is he says but this is love perfected with us that we may have confidence for the day of judgment that we may have confidence for the day of judgment because As he is so, also we are in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, for fear has to do with punishment. And whoever fears has not been perfected in love. So we've got two things right there. The first one is that his love being perfected in us causes us to have confidence for the day of judgment. Confidence for the day of judgment. There's no fear in that. And then he goes on to say, in fact, but perfect love casts out fear, for fear has to do with punishment. So if we have an understanding of who God is, and we know God, we know Jesus is our Savior, we've trusted Him, we've believed in Him, there is no reason for us to have any fear whatsoever. Because God's perfect love at work in us casts that out, and we can sing something like this, I will put my trust in you alone and I will not be shaken. And not on Monday go, Oh man, I don't know what's going to happen with my life. God's in control. God's in control and we either trust Him or we don't. I mean, it's so simple that we make it hard. The ESV commentator says this. says, Love is presented here as a consequence of not a precondition for being born of God. I'm going to say that again. Love is presented here as a consequence of, a good consequence by the way, as a consequence of not a precondition for being born of God. You see, it's not because you loved him first. It's because He loved us first. And because He's loved us, and His love is perfected in us, outflowing from us is no fear of punishment. Outflowing from us is confidence for the day of judgment. Outflowing from us is loving others. Even when they're really hard to love, as God abides in us, continues and remains and survives and lasts and persists and stays in us, even when we are still sinners, He stays in us and also keeps us in Him. I mean, that's a father right there, right? That's what, a, that's, what a, that's what a real father does. A real father will always be a father, no matter, no matter how dumb a something that we may do or how far we may run, when we come back to him still wrapping his arms around us, loving us, caring for us. Amen. man, if, if you have any doubt today, about whether or not God can love you, I just, I just want to give you this verse, okay? I'm going to talk about it. I just want to give it to you. Just simply put, 2 Corinthians 12, 9. It says, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. My grace is sufficient for you. Not your and my abilities to do things for him. My grace is sufficient for you. Mic drop. For the love of God, we love because He first loved us. For the love of God abides in us and allows us to abide in Him. For the love of God is perfected in us to be seen in this world. For the love of God is why He sent His Son to die the death we deserve to give us the life we never did. And if you have experienced that love, then you believe. But if you don't believe, maybe today is the day that you do. Maybe God is speaking to your heart today. And to you, all I can say is give Him a chance. All I can say is believe. All I can say is trust. For the love of God can save your soul today. Jesus gave it all. Why? For the love of God. Let's pray. Lord, you are unbelievably persistent with your love toward us. And right now, we feel that. God, we don't deserve it, but God, you keep giving it. God, thank you. Thank you for what you do for us. Thank you for caring for us. Thank you for taking care of us, for protecting us, for loving us, for abiding in us, for allowing us to abide in you. God, may we run for you. May we run to grow the relationship that we have with you that out of us might pour your glory, that this world might see who you are in us. God, I pray for that person who has not trusted in you, has never believed. God, I pray that today would be the day that they believe in you. God, your grace is sufficient for them as it has been for those of us who have believed. God, do your work. Save the lost. Thank you for sending your son Jesus. It's in his name that we pray. Amen.